<laughs> Hello, Sold viewers. Big Ronnie here for the Sold Stay at Home series. Today is Sunday, May 3rd, 2020. We are having fun catching up with your favorite artists and showing you that they are continuing life as usual. Art goes on, and that's the message that we're trying to bring out to uh, our viewers here. Uh, it's a new format. Normally, we sit everybody around our dining room table, and all are welcome, and we have a nice chat with our contributors and an artist, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really a social thing that we do with the podcast, the normal podcast. So here we're doing it a little different, uh, trying to show how everybody's coping with the corona lockdown and, you know, frankly, seeing some new art. So I'm pretty excited to interview our guest today, Jules Mock, coming all the way from California. Jules, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, we're super excited to interview you. You are uh, one of the more prolific artists out there. I think, uh, according to your Instagram feed, you don't stop painting ever, do you? Oh, I try to do at least like something a day. Usually I stay busy all day with, you know, a mixture because I do uh, uh, personal stuff and I do, uh, can you still hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just said power off. I don't know why. But um, yeah, I do a mixture of uh, canvas work at home, and then I like to go out in the town and paint some public work, and I do tattoos, and I do digital stuff for people. So I, uh, I like to stay pretty busy. I'm always making stuff. We just made some new gear. I'll show you. Hold on. This just came in. So this is like, you know, based on my painting. <laughs> Um, and that was Reviver, uh, print company, a print shop in Las Cruces. So I usually travel around a lot too. And this is so different right now. We're not traveling and uh, I meet a lot of artists and I'm able to do collaborations with so many people all over the country. And, uh, and I was happy to be able to do this collab with, uh, Reviver, even though we're in lockdown. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I was taking a look at uh, your, your public work leading up to the interview and i loved the gilligan piece that you just finished it's such a such a timely piece right now i mean i feel like everyone my age and older grew up with that as their childhood and now to see gilligan juxtaposed with a oh my god where are we now type of situation with this corona i loved it oh thanks so much i i've painted gilligan a couple times before and I noticed that this time it hit pretty hard with people. So I think you're right. The timing is, uh, is everything. Now, you're, you're the type of person that doesn't shy away from controversial work in the public space. I mean, to, to be honest, I think I've curbed myself <laughs> considering what I used to do. But people are like vigilante justice out here. They will find you. They will find what you're doing. They will call whatever job you're supposed to have. They will try to destroy your life. So I, I consider myself to be extremely curbed. I mean, considering after 9-11 and 2001, I painted uh, Osama bin Laden as Jesus Christ and got chased through the streets of Little Italy. At that point, I had nothing to lose, so I wasn't vilified in the media. I was, um, you know, pretty much a nobody. And uh, now that I have some eyes on me, it's funny. Excuse me, it's excruciating how picky they are about everything. 
And if somebody wants to come after you, like they'll make it up. They'll be like, well, that means this. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. And, uh, and they go for it, man. They go for the jugular. And I don't know why they do that with an artist. I, I don't think I'm a threat. But um, Isn't it funny that when an artist has a piece of work that's appreciated, they're always like, well, what does that mean to you? And you're right. If that's what it means to you, then I've heard artists say that so many times that it's about what the viewer thinks it means. But I guess not when it's negative, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it's whatever people say some weird stuff. And uh, I'm always interested when it's positive, obviously. When someone has a positive experience with a piece and I've heard things like, oh, that piece reminded me of me and my sister and we hadn't talked in 30 years. So I called her up after I saw that. Now we're talking. And I get crazy letters like that all the time from people that are affected because the work is public for people that don't you know, have to go to a museum or something, and, uh, and it's in your life, so it becomes a part of people's lives. Now, what, what was the story behind one of my favorite pieces that you did that was a little more controversial than I think should have been, was the Larry Bird mural? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what happened? I got asked to paint. I, so There was so many things I got asked to paint in Indianapolis, and actually this, this one building was... Uh, it's just kind of the same blue as that jersey. And I had seen that photo of him. Someone had sent me a photo, like, you gotta paint Larry, you're in Indiana, you know? And he's wearing his Indiana thing. And I, um, I had the job to paint this building and the guy was totally open. So I painted Larry Bird. And to be honest, it was a little boring just as Larry Bird. So I added the tattoos just for like, kind of something more to look at, you know? And I tried to relate them to himself and myself. You know, I put my logo on there. I put the 76's logo on there. 76, not the 76 logo. But the 76 was the year that he played for Indiana. And he was wearing that jersey. I put the Celtics logo. I put, uh, you know, stuff, the basketball. And, and uh, I thought it was totally tongue-in-cheek kind of funny. And he kind of didn't get it, you know? And... That, that's the problem with the traveling is that not all, not all people are on the same wavelength everywhere you go. Whereas I think if I did that somewhere else, it would have been perceived as, oh yeah, ha ha, that's cool. Uh, but it was, he, he thought it was a trademark infringement violation, ruining his reputation. I mean, this was a small, to me it was like not that important of a mural, but uh, he made it important by doing that. Now, do you think it's like it's like the plight and the the uh, the way that stand-up comedians are persecuted? You know, uh, it's it's free speech, and I should be able to say whatever I want. And I'm sorry if you didn't think that that was funny, but you know, some people do think that's funny, and they laugh at this. You know, isn't it isn't it very similar? I do mean, I know, like legally, I can you could go to bat on anything, but uh, I don't like to. I don't like to hurt people's feelings, like on a personal level. Um, I've, I've, like I said, vilified in the media, and I don't think it's nice, and I don't want to do that to anyone. So when he told me, when his lawyer told me that he didn't like it, and he was offended, I totally agreed to change it. It wasn't a problem for me. Now, I, I think someone that was just looking at your work uh, uh, for the first time might think that you came from canvas, but you actually came from spray paint. Yeah, my first medium was spray paint. And I was doing letters for a long time, for about 10 years. And 
I just kind of got bored of them. And I started doing characters and characters became my signature and it slowly graduated to realism. Uh, while I was, my first screen characters were cartoonish. And then I started using the female graffiti writers as my basis for um, portraits. And they were how I learned how to do portraits. But I learned on the side of uh, the train tracks. I learned how to paint people on the side of the train tracks. Now, speaking of famous uh, female graffiti writers, you came up and had a mentor of one of the, the, the more famous people in the game ever. Yeah, I mean, Lady Pink totally took me under her wing. Um, it was really cool because I, I knew about her, obviously, and I was super intimidated. So it was kind of the, she kind of gave me that push to try something besides letters. Uh, and I was too scared to say no to her, really, is what happened. So when she started telling me, go do this, go do that, and, and I worked for her, you know, she gave me my first art job. She paid me to work with her. And, um, and she also hooked me up with a lot of really cool opportunities. I've met a lot of other people. So what, uh, you know, uh, most of the people we speak to don't have that opportunity to, to work under someone who, you know, basically paved the, the, the way for them. Uh, I, I imagine there were a lot of shortcuts uh, that she taught you, not only in, in technique, but also in, in dealing with people. Is that, does anything really stick out from that? Well, she definitely, you know, gave me the guidance about the money stuff and, you know, making sure I get deposits and that kind of stuff and valuing myself. Mostly what she gave me was the confidence. I lacked confidence. And when she told me, you go paint that, I believed that I could because she believed that I could. Um, as far as technique, I, I ended up kind of more, what I did was I got a, a lot of old painting books and I copied every book every painting in the book from it was called this a to z masters of great paintings and i copied everything and that's how i learned really how to paint to the point where I, I you know pink would hire me to do the portraits because my portraiture became so refined and that was from studying the old masters so it was a combination i think definitely and smith you know painting bombing with smith taught me how to get a mural done fast i think about that now when i'm doing a mural when i'm knocking out a massive building in a matter of hours, it's because, you know, they told me, like Smith would take me to the freight yard and he'd be like, this is how you destroy a whole train. You do an outline all the way down the train, you fill the whole thing in with bucket paint all the way down the line, every piece, and then you go back to the beginning and you outline it. So this bucket paint, spray paint combination became my recipe and uh, something that he taught me in order to get the murals done. And, uh, and it works, it, it really does. I, so it's a combination of the people that Pink exposed me to and sent me out to paint with and the bombing people and her and her business sense really and she also has that who cares you know piss them off kind of thing like we painted some pretty obscene murals together <laughs> speaking of obscene one of one of my questions i had for you uh, i love the the fucking bunnies and every time they pop up it's just hilarious and i love how people are, are offended by them and things like that but my question is <laughs> Why are the bunnies not waiting to have a smoke? They're having a smoke mid-bang. Well, in, in, you know, getting back to our idea that other people have the insight, I've heard a few different things about that. And my, my favorite, which I think is kind of ridiculous because I wasn't thinking that, someone told me that it's also the reason a lot of people don't like the bunny is because the smoking bunny is uh, symbolic of male impotence. So the female on the bottom is having a cigarette because she's so bored. 
And uh, I, I kind of prescribe to the board theory, I don't know about the impotence theory, but the fact that like, you're kind of just letting yourself get fucked in society sometimes, you know, just like, and just sit back and whatever. It's kind of, for me, smoking always symbolizes I don't care. Because you already know it's bad for you. Who cares? You're doing it. And, uh, and also kind of trying to enjoy it, even if it is whatever it is. So it's a, it's a twofold thing. Um, for me, it made it a little more interesting. To, to be honest, like the first time I ever painted the bunnies, there was a, I was doing this garbage bombing. I did a year where I just painted trash. And oh, yeah. I uh, it remember. was this dirty old mattress. Yeah. And, uh, and on this mattress, it was like striped 60s looking. It was dirty. And, and I saw the bunnies. Like I was like, and they weren't, it was, it was cute teal stripes, but it was dirty, you know, it was stained. And I think for me, that's why the bunnies had a cigarette because they were cute, fluffy. I didn't think it was offensive that the bunnies were, you know, mating, which is so natural and basic. It didn't even occur to me that that would piss people off. But I gave it the cigarette to put that kind of dirtier edge on it, you know, like a little bit grimy, gone through some stuff kind of feeling. Now, you go from the, the hard, controversial topics to butterflies. Where, where, does yeah. that, where, does that, where does that softer side come from? I mean, to me, butterflies are, are pretty hardcore. <laughs> like, you know, symbolize of they're, they symbolize change to me. I've also heard that butterflies are the spirits of our people who have passed, and I've had a lot of friends that pass. And when they come, I kind of think like, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, you know. And, um, and I do paint a lot of deceased people. Uh, I paint a lot of people right after they die and I, I paint a lot of butterflies it it does make people feel lighthearted, and it does it's not offensive which is nice <laughs> you know because sometimes I really need something not offensive but uh for me they're the symbol of change when that metamorphosis that happens so uh they're pretty powerful creatures also how are you handling the the lockdown now is this like a a normal thing for you? Are you working all day, every day, regardless of, of uh, medium? Or do you really just, you know, you miss being out there? I mean, I miss traveling. I, I do. I miss traveling. I miss, um, we've been in lockdown because we're helping my boyfriend, Kyle, my boyfriend's family. So we're here up in the countryside helping them. So it's an extra twist on the lockdown. And honestly, I think it's, it's better for me that I'm not home because I, not good at following rules and uh and though i respect everybody's uh you know the scientific opinion and the healthcare workers i would have a really hard time not messing with my friends and you know trying to do stuff and uh so i'm grateful for the situation where i'm a little bit removed it makes it easier we're out in the countryside we're in Somis, and um and i'm able to go outside and paint on things and I have gone back to LA a couple times under really safe circumstances to do a couple jobs. But you know what? Like the, the jobs are slower. Like I was getting a lot of work before this. It's shifted. I still have work on a daily basis. Most of my commissions are canvas. People are asking me to paint canvases. I'm so grateful, you know, and I'm making merch and selling merch. But I've done some low key murals, kind of. I just did actually a massive one on La Brea, but I was on a lift, so it wasn't dangerous. And, you know, it's um, it's definitely slower than normal, and that drives me crazy. But I'm able to stay busy because I, you know, I paint no matter what. I had a good, I had a good few decades there where I wasn't getting paid to paint, and I was just going around painting. 
So it's kind of like the same deal. Are you working on any new techniques, any new things while you're locked down? Well, I've been doing a lot more stuff, uh, kind of using the iPad. I started making coloring books for people where I outlined my pieces and put them online. Uh, I started doing a little tarot thing. That's on my website too. But, um, you know, I'm like, always exploring new ideas and this whole, this whole COVID and lockdown and quarantine and germs like it's such a huge new topic to explore like the ideas are endless like you mentioned with Gilligan being all of a sudden perfect like I painted him before but it didn't hit that way and painting uh you know the queen of England with the British flag and their whole thing is God save the queen and the painting all the things that have come from this it, it is really inspirational all the the different ideas and 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 I think knowing that people are looking for something to look at, something to laugh about, makes it much more inspiring. Well, I, I think your work is, and I'm going to use this respectfully, but it's 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 always busy. It's always something good to look at. There's a lot going on. It's isn't you never do a boring piece. Even your simple pieces are busy. Yeah, I mean, I think that. The simple pieces usually pack the most punch because if I go simple, it's because I have a really simple, straightforward idea. And that doesn't always happen. And, you know, really, I just like to paint so much. Sometimes I can't stop myself from adding and going overboard. What do you listen to while you're working? What do I listen to? It's a mixture. To be honest, I used to listen to a lot of like, when I was doing my evening painting at home, I listened to a lot of Leonard Cohen in the nighttime. And that's kind of like my painting before bed. When I'm out in the community painting, I don't wear headphones or, or listen because I want to converse with people. So when I'm, uh, you know, doing my outside daytime painting, I, uh, I, like to, I like to be available to everybody because it's the work that's going up in their community. And Kind of like embrace everybody that's around um you know i uh i also like to hear the spray paint so i don't wear headphones when i spray paint because hmm. i think that part of the control of that kind of paint is the listening and pink taught me that actually she really did um so what do i listen to i listen to everything though you know and um i have a I have a continuous different weird Playlist. I've been listening to what's funny lately is a lot of um, kind of Jesus rap. I don't know if you've, you've figured that out yet, but there's the whole like Black Knight, KB. I'm not a big um, religious person, but I think it's really interesting how the, the, they are rapping against, they're kind of like talking shit about people who rap about drugs, money, and hoes. So <laughs> it's a whole nother twist. And, um, and then they're like, you know, crazy. So it's uh, that that was that's been fun in the mornings. I've been listening to that. I can't wait to see <laughs> your role of your favorite Jesus rap artist. <laughs> oh, uh, KB. <laughs> what do you think is is going to come out of this for for the, the the street and the public art scene after the lockdown? What do you hope is going to come out of this? Oh, I mean, what do I hope? I hope that people aren't going to be too scared to like get work done and, and, you know, maybe value art a little more 
because we've been continuous through this. Most artists have been producing through this because we have to. And uh, and the fact that people are maybe slowing down a little to look at the art more may be uh, important. I think I'm also kind of excited that I've been doing more canvas work and having people being able to buy canvases for their homes and being able to cross over into that more fine art. Because I've always done canvases, but I've definitely hit harder as a muralist and had more success as a muralist. So I'm excited that people want to commission work on canvas. It makes me feel like, you know, slightly more legitimate in that whole world. But uh, I, I do hope that people continue to show respect and love towards the artist because it is, in a way, escape when you can't escape, when you can't go anywhere, when you're stuck when you're in lockdown you can look at a piece of work and you can escape now i think from my notes it says you lived in new york until 2008 or 2009 yeah i think it was 2008 i came to california i've been to california before but never very successfully i usually end up like homeless and had to get you know get out but uh i moved to venice yeah 2008 and have been here ever since so i travel quite extensively what what food from New York do you miss? Pizza, raised pizza. Raised pizza. Big time. Yeah. Uh, two questions. <clears throat> One is how is that doggo Dada? Dada's good. Come here, Dada. He's in a hole. Come oh, here. I'd love to see Come him. Come bum. He's he's got he loves the countryside. He got sprayed by a skunk the other day. He's doing all the things that you do in the countryside. But um Come here, Dada. Come here, baby. Come on. Come on. Get up here. Oh, hello, buddy. Yeah, good boy. He still smells a little. <laughs> yeah, boy. You want to turn around and say Oz? <laughs> we'll try to use that yeah. for clip. That was a good picture. <laughs> I love your murals of him because I see I I I can, well, I can see that mural every time. And sometimes he's facing this way. Sometimes he's facing that way. Sometimes he's sitting up. I love that dog. Yeah, sometimes I dress him up and, in the mural anyway, not in real life. <laughs> uh, second question I had was the rainbow tears that, that, are, that are prevalent in your work. Where did that come from? It's, I bet you there's a good story there. Well, honestly, they, they came... Um, you know, the first time I painted Rainbow Tears was, uh, I paint, it was, I, I was, I heard that the Rolling Stones canceled in New Orleans and a lot of people were bummed out. They were going to play a show. It was only like a year or two ago. They were going to play Jazz Fest and I was listening to that Rainbow song and, um, and I was painting Mick and I put the rainbows on and right then I got the news about Nipsey. And, uh, and it was just a really emotional, it was right at that time when Nipsey passed and then I went out and painted the mural for him the next day. I mean, I didn't use the rainbows there because I feel still like people don't always get it, you know? And um, I, I get it as in terms of like the bittersweet and uh, crying, but it's like tears of happiness sometimes. I mean, that's another thing that just means so many things. And I've seen people start to use them now in other pieces. And I... Uh, you know, I've had some backlash, which is weird. I mean, there's rainbows. Usually rainbows are safe, but um, you never know. People will find something to have a problem with stuff. But uh, 
for me, they mean happiness and, uh, and emotional, like having a, a lot of emotion and overflowing. Now, look, looking down your feed, it, I don't want to assume, but you don't post a lot about collabs with other artists. Is that a normal thing for you? Do you not work much with uh, others? Well, I work, like I just said, I did this collab with Reviver. I like to work with artists that do things I can't do, um, like his print shop. I can't do that. So, you know, um, and then I can plug him too and get him some work. I work with, uh, when I'm traveling, I work with other artists more. Like being right now in isolation, I haven't. But I did, uh, I did come up that way. We always did murals and graffiti as a group effort. And, uh, you know, but there was times when I got stuck with the background more than, more than, more than uh, half of the time. People would come drop their piece and I'm hooking up the whole background. And, you know, there was times when I got a little fed up with that because I love doing you know, a mural, but I'm not just trying to just do that. So in a lot of ways, it's easier for me to get the thing done if I just go at it and do it. And I'm not waiting for someone to come drop their piece and put their name on it. So, you know, it's a mixture. I like to go and drop in on people's work. I've done like a lot of different collaborations where people are already doing a mural. Trickster, I love to paint with Trickster. I love to paint with Teal. I go and paint on, uh, you know, the women that I paint with, it's obvious, like, I love to paint with QA, Queen Andrea, and, uh, and Lady Pink. And I, I like to, you know, meet people when I'm on the road, and, uh, and they usually have different opportunities, and you never know, you never know what's going to happen. When I post stuff, my, my Instagram feed is more like my portfolio, so even if there is another artist, I'm usually just photographing the piece that I did because I use that thing to show people and get work and I don't want to take credit for anybody else's work. Got it. Let's talk about your, uh, your, your tattoos for a second. Uh, when, when did that start? I mean, it was kind of later in life. It was in my twenties. I, as a teenager and as an early twenties, I, I didn't get tattoos because all my friends were apprenticing and I knew that I would just be a pincushion basically. So I held out. I was always like, I don't want to have tattoos. I was doing a lot of shoplifting at the time and a lot of the shady stuff. And it was just better not to have tattoos. Um, also, I had experiences when I was arrested for graffiti where they would catalog everybody's tattoos. So that said to me right away, like, don't have tattoos. And uh, I gave into that, like, probably late 20s. And I got my first tattoo from my friend who passed away. That was the M. Everyone thinks the M is from Muck, but it was from my friend who passed, Matthew. And um, I then got, you know, I've gotten a bunch of others since then. Obviously, I've done some myself. I did my stars myself. I was doing 23 stars, but it broke, the needle broke at five stars. So I have a five-star general, five-star hotel, however you want to take it. But uh, I did my freedom, my knuckles, um, to remind me not to chase that kind of freedom where you end up homeless and on drugs. Real freedom for me has become like paying my bills and showing up when people ask me to, that sort of thing. I love it. And I, I, I love the stories behind tattoos because they're always so personal. Uh, when did you first pe pick up a, a tattoo machine? Oh, I've been tattooing now like a long ass time, which is surprising because I'm not very good. But, you know, I, I've never wanted to pursue it as a career. I don't, <clears throat> you know, I, I haven't done the, like a lot of... Um, tattooing on people I don't know and <laughs> mostly tattoo friends and so I've been doing it since since I moved to Venice I think 2008 
And, uh, you know, I was real bad for a long time. If you look at mug tats, it's like real terrible tattoos. But uh, recently I've had actually some pretty, well, um, some pretty good tattoo artists reach out to me and we've done some trades where I've shown them how to paint and they've shown me how to tattoo. And so my skill level like increased a lot at that point just because I was able, it's like little techniques, like the way you hold the machine and, you know, different things like that that made so much difference and and having the right the right stuff obviously what's your style what style with the tattooing yeah no your style. preferred <laughs> preferred oh with the, with the tattooing no i don't have a style i mean i don't i use a machine so i don't hand poke because it's slow but i go real fast i run the machine really really uh high voltage and i just draw on people like i do like a whole back in an hour wow yeah. Well, Jules, uh, that was a very quick half hour. I want to thank you very much <laughs> for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. It looks like you're having a great time out there. Uh, I want to wrestle with that dog. I want to put him in a headlock and give him kisses. Oh, uh, yeah, he would love that. <laughs> we'll hope to meet you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Now, before we let you go, uh, please let our viewers know where they can find your work online and social. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a website, it's julesmuck.com, J-U-L-E-S-M-U-C-K. And I also have a web shop, which is muckshop.com. And we have an in-person shop if you're ever in Venice when this catastrophe is over. It's at 511 Woodlawn. And uh, it's, um, you know, I also have the Instagram, obviously, which is muckrock. And that's a lot of my more recent public stuff. But I have a separate Instagram where I put some of my fine art pieces, and that's julesmuck. So, and Dada has an Instagram too. That's Dada. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we look forward to seeing what you come up with next. And uh, I hope you stay smiling. It looks like you're doing good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Bye. We are sold out with Jules Muck. <laughs>